Hello, hello, hello. Drama listeners, we've got to stop meeting like this. Oh my God. All right, I've got a few things to tell you before we get on to the show. First and foremost, we've got a great episode with Troy Awada, and if you love it so much, you're in luck because we have a bonus episode with him that's going to have all these rapid fire questions, everything you want to know from Troy Awada about theater, pop culture, love, and even life and the fun of, of all of that. So you're going to want to go to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast to hear that episode, which is live today. And if you're listening to this episode on the day of release, tomorrow night, April 8th, we're doing something we've never done before, an Instagram Live in partnership with Broadway by the Glass and Troy Awada. That's right. Two days in a row of drama and Troy. I love this love affair that's brewing. I can't get enough. Anyway, we're going to be making a fun specialty cocktail with this amazing company called Broadway by the Glass on Instagram Live, 8 p.m. April 8th. Tune in for all of the fun. We will love to see you out in the comments, and you're going to gag when you see what kind of drink we make. It's going to be a true kiki. All right. Happy spring, and on to the show. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got an on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in, in New, New York, York City. City. And, and the world, the world of all things, of, of all things, of all the gin joints in all the world. Wait, what movie mm-hmm. is that from? Oh, Casablanca. Casablanca. Right? Love. I remember last summer we were watching Casablanca the night Leah Michelle was canceled because her co-star from Glee was like, she said horrible things about me. And then Amber Riley, Amber P. Riley was like tweeting gifts. And oh my God, iconic. But this isn't a... Uh, we're not going to talk about Leah Michelle right now. That's done to death. Not not this week. Yeah. Not that. Not this week. I feel like I mentioned her last. We did. Week. We recently mentioned her in front of Anthony Lee Medina, who was in Hamilton and the Spring Awakening tour. So he never like directly dealt with her, but he respectfully didn't comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there is someone we need to talk about. Okay. And Dylan, it's about Tom. Mm. Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. I am so obsessed. I think that you have like a top two and it's Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland and they couldn't be more opposite. One has had enough protein. The other could use a Shake Shack cheeseburger. A Shack burger? A Shack shack Stack. Wait, what was it called? Isn't it crazy that I used to go all the time and now I have no idea what their menu items are? Um, okay, you know what's weird though? I feel like those are like two of my favorite like male movie stars, but that's not the kind of guy I typically go for in real life. Very true. Very make it true. make sense, Lord. But no, Tom is so cute. And we controversially went to an empty movie theater to see his new movie, Chaos Walking. For those, the uninitiated in Cleveland, Ohio, you can do that. You can. You can. Yeah. And it's deserted. And it you can. It, it's so enjoyable. And you're less distracted. But anyway, he strips down in this movie. He does. Which is a first. He has never looked better. His ass looks juicy. I know, but there's rumor that it's a body double. No. Are you serious? Yeah. Why would he do that? I think that, um, what was his name? Jon Snow on Game of Thrones did that too. In that scene where he do- swan dove into that hot spring. He did, but it was because he had like a broken leg or something or ankle. Okay. I don't think it was a whole leg. That would have been a okay. whole <laughs> endeavor. But you're right. 
Tom was great. I love his American accent. The one that we're talking, of course, about the movie Chaos Walking. Okay, uh, right. Also starring Daisy Ridley, which we bravely saw. And, you know, it's great. Tom is amazing. I think that he is like, has a great future ahead. Our friend Nick, Nick Hampton, shout out, always says that in like 20 to 30 years, Tom would be an amazing James Bond. Well, he's certainly the right height as Daniel Craig. Oh, yeah. He's like a shorter Bond. No, but okay. And there's another movie that's coming out called Cherry that Tom is in, which filmed in parts of Cleveland. He allegedly shows whole. That's, there's no way that's true. But I will say this. (laughs) My friend Sean is an extra in that movie. Oh, my God. We should get Sean on the pod. He was like there for one day and he was like an extra in like a military sequence. Oh, like very ROTC. Very that. He also okay. had to shave his head for the movie. To be an extra? Mm-hmm. Wow. He said Tom was there and Tom was short. Okay, yeah. I think he's like, well, he's like 5'9 or 5'10. So that's everything's tall to me. I'm like outing myself as a short king. But okay. I want to get into our guest today and see if he has any thoughts on... A different type of king. A different, a different, type of king. a different type of king. A real king. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our guest today is a rising star of stage and screen, having skyrocketed to popularity as the wonder study for Michael Mel, Jeremy Here, and Rich Gransky in Be More Chill, both on and off Broadway. He's adored and beloved for his charm, vocals, and incredible talent. Before making his Broadway debut in 2019, our guest appeared on tour in The Lightning Thief and received a Cheetah Rivera Award nomination for... The Boy Who Danced on Air Off-Broadway. You'll recognize his handsome face from starring as Langston, the hopeless romantic older brother in Dash and Lily on Netflix. He's also appeared in Katie Keene, New Amsterdam, Quantico, Ray Donovan, Tell Me a Story, Orange is the New Black, and much more. His viral success, TV pilot Truth Slash Fiction, trended number one worldwide on Twitter and was featured in Teen Vogue and the UK's Attitude Magazine, winning Best Comedy at both Series Fest and ITV Fest. He's been in movies, tons of modeling campaigns, theatrical readings, musical theater albums, and is one to watch. Please welcome to drama, Troy Iwata. Hey, where did you get that bio? <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it was on your website. Oh, okay. But I always, you know, I always write them and I um, never plagiarize. Was any okay. of it true? Was it all true? <laughs> That was all true. It was just so like, it, it was, it, it, you know, it was so, so lovely. Oh, well, you can have it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me on your podcast. Let's do a deep dive into Tom Holland's exposed hole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Tom fan? I don't hate Tom. I don't, I don't think I, I qualify as a fan, but I don't, I, you know, every time he pops on the screen, I'm like, there he is. Yeah. Now, you know, he is a broad, well, he's a West End boy. He was famously Billy Elliot. He's a West End boy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. How precious. Those kids were, were worked a little too hard. Mm-hmm. Has he ever been back on the stage since then? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Connor would know. Connor would know. Um, I would vaguely know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I would love to see him do Broadway. Mm-hmm. Show his hole on the stage. Yeah, yeah. What show could he show hole in? The Inheritance? The Inheritance. Um, yeah, all the all the gay shows written by old gay white men. There's a lot of nudity in all exactly. of Exactly. And he's straight, so he'd fit in right in with the rest yeah. of the Inheritance oh, cast. He said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think he's so cute. I can't describe it. I don't know. Like I said, he's not like the normal type of guy I'm like obsessed with in real life, but he's, he's nice to watch on screen. Perhaps mm-hmm. a guy that you'd kind of be into? 
Oh, Dylan, a be more chill lyric. In the year of our Lord 2021, I'm making a be more <laughs> chill reference. Okay, before we get into be more chill, Troy, yeah. are you well? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm right not answer. laughing at, the, at your lack of wellness. <laughs> I'm laughing at your delivery. Oh, thank you. I think the only people that are well are people whose moms happen to live in Connecticut. And other than that, everyone else is struggling pretty hard. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. I know people, you know, the pandemic really revealed to me who has like family members with second homes in gorgeous, like East Coast locales, you know? Yeah. And they're just camping out there and then they go online and get their real estate license. We're now in the age, we're at the dawn of the age of the real estate gay. Oh, yeah. Who, who've always existed, but they're, they're, they're having a moment. They are. You either, yeah. you know, you either uh, die a villain or live long enough to see yourself become a real estate guy. Real estate. <laughs> I considered it for a second. I have to say. It's true. You need to be it. public about it, Connor. Well, I said, should I get my MBA, become a real estate gay, or become a flight attendant? But this was all during my binge of the flight attendant. So mm-hmm. a lot of, lot of life things I'll happen. also say that, like, the real estate industry, like, pretty privilege is never, has never been more, like, like prominent in there because I see people and they're like, I've seen people who are just like, I just got my real estate license and now I'm going to start renting out these shitty little studios in the middle of nowhere. And other people were like, I am so happy to have signed with luxury beyond luxury, giant celebrity homes. And um, I'm selling this mansion to Tom Holland. And I'm like, there's a difference here. Oh yeah, absolutely. So are you in New York? I am. Have you been there this whole pandemic? Not this whole pandemic, but um, I've been here for, for most of it, yeah. Okay. And, and it, the city's, it's starting to feel like spring, so at least you can go outside again. Yeah, we're getting a little tease. It's supposed to rain again, but um, yeah, it's funny how it literally, it, it turns like 48 degrees and everyone's like outside in bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> Sheep's Meadow is like overcome with flocking gaze. Yeah, you just walk by and everyone's playing their frisbee or whatever mm-hmm. um so you guys are in ohio we, we are. are it's been a year now yeah. about a year ago now both of our jobs were like you're gonna work from home for two weeks until things are better and we were like okay maybe we'll mm-hmm. just like go home to ohio spend some time with our family you know no one really we knew it was bad but everyone's in denial kind of yeah remember when broadway closed and they were like it'll be a few weeks uh-huh Oh my God. The delusion. When we learned that Broadway shut down, I was actually one of those, um, what's that word called when someone, when like everyone's on strike, so they hire, oh, scabs. I was one of those scabs who was in line at West Side Story trying to like get like the $50 tickets to the show because Scott Rudin was like, we're going to make sure people still see Broadway. Yeah. And like Connor called me and he's like, I have intel. Get out of line. I know. I was in a wicked advertising meeting and they came in and they were like, the show's off tonight. In fact, it's off for two weeks. And I was like freaking out. It was crazy. Wait, and then Connor, you were like down by that McDonald's across from the Winter Garden heading back to your office job. And I was at the Broadway theater, which were like two blocks apart. And I remember seeing you from afar and we were on the phone and I like waved. That was the last time I saw you in the streets of New York. (gasps) Chilling. Oh my God. Truly hot. I love, I loved, <laughs> yeah, I loved when everyone was making their like intricate long Facebook posts about all of their jobs that just got canceled. 
Mm. Oh, you know? yes. And it was a sort of a way to humble brag about like, oh, I had like I had like five years of high paid work ahead of me and now I don't have anything. Uh-huh. And um, I had a 54 Below concert that was that was canceled. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. What I was going to say about work and people like getting work canceled was people were like, so where does this go on my resume? Like, can I still put it that I was cast on things? Oh, my God. You want to know something funny? At the very beginning of my quote unquote career, I would put when I would put um, my resume was so empty that I would put down callbacks in my on my resume. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Troy, that's like so sweet. <laughs> we, you know, we had a question about like the roles you didn't get, but our listeners will have to wait until the Patreon exclusive rapid fire Q&A. Oh, okay. So th- just that'll start like ruminating in your mind about like the role you got closest to that maybe didn't pan out the end. Oh, I'll see if I remember any of them. We'll okay. See. Yeah. You've blocked them all out. Yeah. <laughs> So two years ago, Be More Chill, or I guess three, because it started in 2018 at um, Off-Broadway, right? Oh, God, it did. Yeah. Wow. <gasps> Crazy. Well, you rose to fame as this like incredible go-to guy understudy that everyone was gagged for when their fave called out of the show. And I'm just wondering, when did Be More Chill come into your life? I mean, I, of course, knew you as like the the Michael understudy. Everyone mm-hmm. you were like on all the time in previews. Yeah. And that's because George was falling apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sounded, so I'm joking, but that would sound serious. <laughs> George is a friend. We had him on back in July and he actually talked about oh, you. Oh, he did? And, and how wonderful you were for picking up the mantle and, and stepping in. Oh, well, let me think of something nice to say about him. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, I talked to him like two days ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love George and we've, we've been really good friends since the show. Um, I... I originally auditioned for the the uh, Two River production, which was like five years ago. Didn't get that. And then um, I auditioned for Jeremy. And then uh, when I just saw the announcement that it was going to Off-Broadway, I just emailed my agents and I was like, hey, I really, really love this show. And I auditioned for it so they might remember me. <laughs> um, and so I got an audition for that. And it was like, it, I, I feel bad saying this. It was like the fastest audition process for a, for a musical that I've ever been a part of. I think I had like, I think I went in twice. I sang like one song, did like a half a page of sides and then, and then got it. I didn't even do a dance thing they don't even know what it's called a dance call wow wait that's <laughs> really fast yeah it was very they fast knew. and then i loved how um we for off-road we had three understudies and then we doubled that for broadway so we had so we added three more and i remember all three of them came in it was it was uh joel wagner morgan Schwan green and anthony chapman and they were all like oh this audition process was rigorous did you how, how many dance calls did you have to do and i was like they kind of just gave it to me i don't really <laughs> <laughs> well i remember the choreography in that show was literally parkour like flailing in the air during the halloween song and that's how lauren mm-hmm. marcus got like injured right it's all parkour and like and like interacting with imaginary uh, like back backpack straps. That's like yes. the whole aesthetic. It's yes. like, oh, this backpack is really just interacting with my body today, you know, to really like hit home that we're students. Wait, okay, so I'm curious. Did you love the song Michael in the Bathroom when it rose to viral fame post Two River? Yeah, I. It wasn't like. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like I'm 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 older than than people think, and I feel like um, it really really spoke to it all to a lot of the tweens out there. And so I would listen to the song, and I'd be like, I can see why they like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're so young. I'm so young. Yeah. I'm so young. Minus your birth year. What's your birth date? February tenth. February tenth. <gasps> an Aquarian. Yeah. An Aquarian. An Aquarian. I am an Aquarian. Happy belated. Thank you so much. This is allegedly supposed to be like the age of Aquaria. That's what tic- that's what all the witches on TikTok were saying. And um, like they were all like, if you're an Aquarius, this year is going to be amazing for you. And um, maybe I'm just not seeing it. But um, it's early. Well, <laughs> it's, it's early. allegedly you're a month in. Yeah, this year. it's allegedly the age of me. And um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. The age of Iwata. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Drama. I love that. So did you go on when you guys were off Broadway for any of the roles? Yeah, I went on a, I went on a few times. Uh, when, when I was off Broadway, I covered Jake. So um, I didn't cover Jeremy for off Broadway. Um, and I went on for, I went on for all my parts. I covered um, uh, Jake, which is played by Britton Smith. And then I went on for George a couple times. And then I went on for uh, Gerard. Now, you know, it's it's interesting because when George Salazar in particular has droves of fans who uh-huh. I think in, in many in many shows or communities, it would have been sort of like an outcry if an understudy went on. But the Be More Chill community really embraced you. They re- they embraced anyone who was involved. We had like an intern. Mm-hmm. Her name is Bailey. Mm-hmm. Once like she was on the social media, everyone's like, we love Bailey. And, you know, even Bailey was like, I am the intern. Like, like, what do I do, you know? And um, yeah, anyone who was involved, the fans just really embraced. I think that that was something, I don't know, that it, it, it is, I think Be More Chill does stand out uh, because its journey to Broadway was such a unique one where it really was just the power of the teenage fans. Um, and I think that that's, oh, yeah. I think that's pretty incredible. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that thinking back, like we, we kind of had a short run but we were also part of what people were calling like the Broadway bloodbath because remember like all those sh- shows closed. The at prom one? closed, share show closed, anything that wasn't Hades Town. Beautiful closed, waitress closed. It was like big shows too, and it was like it was like seven shows. They all closed within a span of like two months. It was weird. That was that really was crazy. And when you were on Broadway, I remember like. It was so cool because we know, you know, obviously we we know Jen. We follow all her stuff, and there would be times when literally every principal role was played by a person of color, mm-hmm. which is just like unbelievable. Yeah, and you know, it's it's diversity. I have an interesting relationship with that word because people like to just throw it around when they see anyone who's like not white on stage, and um, you know, I, I I am you know, be more chill is such a wonderful experience, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. I do think that like. So many times in interviews, people like to sort of imply things and they're like, what's it like to be part of such a diverse show? And I'm like, well, half of us are brown and the other half are still white. So it's still 50-50, um, which mm-hmm. technically is diverse. I necessarily wouldn't call it the most diverse show ever. But um, there was, yeah, there was one 
it was just one performance where uh <laughs> I'm that person in the interview being like, what a diverse, yeah, yeah. groundbreaking experience. And you're like, no, no, it's just once. What, at <laughs> one, yeah, at one point in history, it was um uh Will Roland called out, and then so I went on for him. And so the four leads, it was Jason Tam, George Salazar, Stephanie Shu, and me. So it wasn't it, it it was not only it was like all people of color, it was all um Asian people. So that was really cool. Okay, I love that. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. I wish I was at that show. I want to be at that, that performance. Yeah. And no one wrote about it. George had to like tweet Broadway World and then they wrote something real quick about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Broadway World will write, you know, they're reliable. They're actually huge supporters of the pod. Oh, like, yeah. we, it- <laughs> Broadway World's great. You can just send them anything and they'll be like, absolutely, that's worth it. Let's do it. <laughs> They love it. That's why we love them. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so when you would, you know, be going on for any of these roles, were you ever intimidated? Were you ever, like, scared? Um, I mean, at first, but it was, like, again, I think the audiences for Be Merchill were really unique, where it's kind of like you could, like do I don't want to say you can do anything in local crazy, but there was just so much energy and love it, in those audiences that, Honestly, the opening number, it kind of introduces each character one by one. And every time they would just scream and it didn't really matter who it was. I remember the first time that I went on, especially for for Michael, I come out and everyone knew it wasn't me. And I was like, it's, every time George came out, it, they would have like have to stop the music because they would just be screaming for like 30 seconds. And um, I was like, they're not going to do that for me. But I ran out and they they just love Michael so much. So they were all just like screaming mm-hmm. and it was really fun. Michael's a wonderful friend. He's a wonderful friend. Um, that track is one of the easiest things I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, you do the opening number and then you have like a 10 minute break and then you do two player game and then you have like a 10 minute break <laughs> and then you don't come on some I go in the bathroom and then he's invisible for like, for like half of the show. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. So did you like playing Michael or Jeremy or Rich? What, who was your fave? I mean, I loved all of them. I liked playing Rich a lot cause I didn't get to do it as often. Um, and, uh, I feel like my rich was, was pretty different than, than Gerard's because, you know, Gerard is such a, like, he, he's such like a, a strong presence. And like, Uh you know, when you think of like, when you think of like a high school bully, you kind of, what I'm saying is Gerard looks evil and, um, and no one should trust him. And, um, you know, when they were like, you're understanding rich. And I was like the bully. And I'm, I was, I'm like this like gangly, tiny little like Asian dude. So I'm like, how can I make this? kid like um mean and scary (laughs) and i was like maybe he's just like delusional so that was super fun well rich is a queer character Mm -hmm. he's he's queer for the last 10 seconds of the show for the last 10 seconds they snuck that in (laughs) i have to ask there's all this you know conjecture and fan speculation about the michael jeremy bromance relationship Mm -hmm. and i'm curious to know where how you would play michael um, and if if that ever factored in of maybe there was a little something more. Oh, you know, oh, like the idea that Michael was like in love, was secretly in love with Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, I never took that approach because I think that the, that's really sweet and valid. But to me personally, I, I don't know, when it comes to like queer characters, I, can't, I kind of like to um, go more towards the route of like their queerness and sexuality not being too heavy handed. It's just part of who they are. It's not 100% their identity. And I, I think I do know people who have like, 
you know, because high schools do be virtual all the time and they're like, oh yeah, I totally play Michael as like, he's secretly in love with Jeremy. And I'm like, that's a really fun role, like way to go if you want to go that way. But me personally, I'm like, I don't know. I think it's more, for me, it's like more refreshing to um, portray queer characters just as people who happen to be queer and not like this like, <laughs> you know, closeted uh you're right you're right and and i honestly think that like i don't have a fully developed thought on this yet but i think that there are sometimes situations where straight men or men in general are afraid that their best friend once they come out they're like oh were you secretly in love with me the whole time like there's that whole narrative so i think that that's actually really smart of you and thinking about it i understand I understand where you're coming from fully. Mm-hmm. I like how you said I don't have a fully developed thought on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that from now on because I <laughs> sometimes I'm like I I have feelings but I don't know what to mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think um, you know, kind of jumping over to Dash and Lily. That's one of the things that I was so intrigued by Langston's character because he just was gay and that was it. And there was no like there's no trauma attached to it. There was no like. There was no, cra- it, he wasn't, he wasn't overly like eroticized, which happens like so fucking often with, with gay characters. Like, I don't know. I haven't had that many auditions this year, but most of them have been for gay characters. And like their first line is like, and they just did anal or whatever, but not, not exactly that. But like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm become I'm going into the porn industry is what I'm saying. And, um, very good. Yeah. But it's just like so many times I'm like, even if it is well-written and the character is good, it's more often than not, queer characters are either written as like victims of extreme trauma or they're, in my opinion, like overly sexualized. And I'm like, I understand that like this story is about their sexual orientation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're just like, fucking everything that they see mm-hmm. yes wow and, and you certainly have that experience too of seeing projects before they take off or in early stages when you're in the audition room or even reading like the notice for something mm-hmm. that's really interesting mm-hmm. now we're jumping all over the place and i do have questions about that but i do think we should take it back to the beginning first back to the beginning we ask all of our guests about their ring of keys moment as it pertains to a life in the arts mm-hmm. that moment of recognition when they realized they wanted to be a star a star <laughs> Do you have that moment? I want to be a star. Um, I I was trying to think of it and I can't think of like a specific moment because like theater has always been in my family. I don't have any professional performers in my family, but like I I grew up going to shows, a lot of like community theater shows. And like, um, I remember like growing up, my mom had like two CDs in her, in her car and it was like Cats and Evita. So I was in like second, in like second grade, I'm making like my macaroni portrait and I'm singing like, so it happened now. And like, my teacher was like, what, what is that? Love it. And I was like, it's a Vita, Mrs. Cole. And so, yeah. And then I actually like, I, I, my brother did drama before I did. And I was always very, very shy. And when I was 16, our high school was doing the Wizard of Oz and my brother, he's a year older than me. And he he came up to me and he was like, you have to audition. And he said it in kind of like a, you don't have a choice sort of way. So, um, so I auditioned for the Wizard of Oz and I got the scarecrow and that was my first part ever. It was a very stereotypical cliche experience of like, in doing that show, it was like, oh, these are the people who I understand and who understand me. Mm-hmm. Cause before I was like, how come like, I don't get along with anybody. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I want to be an actor. It was just like, oh, I like this community and I like this environment. And I know that I'm going to stay very involved in it. I love that story. Now, did your brother ultimately get cast? I need to know. Oh, he got cast so much before me. And okay. then I came okay. on the scene. 
and he went the he went the technical route. Oh, I love that you were still both a part of it. Yeah. There's always someone younger than you and prettier than you coming up. <laughs> and it was you in this case with your brother. Um, you know what's funny is you're saying that like you didn't know if you wanted to be an actor, but you loved the community aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because a lot of people think they have to be an actor to have the community. So I love that you kind of I don't know if I love it, but it's just interesting to me that you were like, no, this this vibe is what I'm digging. I don't know that I need to be, you know. I think it's an important distinction to make because I think also we all know a lot of people in like college, like there was always like those theater majors who were like, clearly love theater so much and would say like, oh yes, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. And then over the years, they'd they'd realize like, oh, I I don't actually want to be an actor. I just really love theater. And there's like a shame attached to that. And there shouldn't be. It's like, no, if you really love this thing and you love the community and you love the environment and everything like that, it's like there's many jobs within the theater community, as we know, you know, by how many people are unemployed right now. Well, that's such a that's a great story. Remind me again now, where did you grow up? I grew up in Lake Arrowhead, California. Have you ever heard of it? Okay. No, but I know that that you you had an early job at Disneyland, right? I did. Not a performance job, but actually, wait, um, so I auditioned for the Aladdin show, which was in Disney California Adventure before Frozen was there, and I got a callback for it, and that was on my resume for years. Aladdin <laughs> yes. Aladdin callback. <laughs> I feel as if you'd slay Proud of Your Boy. I love that song, so thank yeah. you for saying that. Uh, okay, so wait, so what job did you have in Disney? I was a Jungle Cruise skipper for three years. Wow. Yeah. You were a cast member, right? Isn't that what they call their employees? Yeah, it's what they call their employees. It's their way of saying, welcome to the Disney family. Uh, we're going to pay you $9 an hour and not give you health insurance. But you're a part of our family. Is Disneyland the one in California? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. That is so fun. We've only ever been to Disney World. I mean, that's fine. Disney World's bigger. There's more stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Are you a big Disney guy? I think so. Like, there's a lot of competition for the title of Disney gay. And I don't, I don't necessarily have a desire to fill those requirements. I think that's a lot of energy. And I don't want to make another Instagram with just like posts about, you know, with me holding an ice cream sandwich. But I do love, I, I do love, I do love a good Disney. Me too. Oh my God. That's so, the Disney gay discourse is hilarious to me. And TikTok introduced that whole new world of like, behind the scenes at Disney and things like that, where gays were just truly going insane and like sharing all these memories and going during the pandemic. And I don't want to go back there. We can't go back. Do you think gays hook up at Disney? I think like, so. um, Yeah. I, well, maybe not in the, I mean, I, I, I don't want to knock it off. I, I think, I definitely think people have in the park. I don't know where. Yeah. Cause there's cameras and hidden Mickey's everywhere watching. Well, there was, um, while I was working there, like, like Disney, it's not an official thing that Disney like acknowledges, but they have like gay days where I think it's like a specific weekend. And I remember like working at Disneyland once and it was like, I was like, there's like more gay guys here than usual. And they're all wearing red shirts because that was like the thing. And, okay. and then there was always like a straight dude who accidentally wore a red shirt who just looked so uncomfortable. <laughs> all of a sudden he feels a hand on his thigh in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And he's like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, so question, when yeah. did you come out then? Were you out at that point noticing these gay men prowling Disney? You know, no, I wasn't. I I grew up in a very conservative Christian town and then for some reason went to a Christian college after that, I think just because I knew how to navigate the Christians. That's very much a thing. Yeah. And so I didn't officially, I wasn't like out, out until I was like 20. 
And I never really did, um, I never really did the whole like on social media saying like, I'm gay. I didn't do that whole like gay launch, you know? Um, it was, I, <laughs> I told, I told like one person at a time. And so like my coming out process was over the course of like a year and a half, two years. On your own terms too. On my own terms, just like in my own hands. Uh-huh. And, um, but yeah, I mean, working at Disney actually had a really big role in that because honestly, working at Disneyland was, that was the first time I ever met any gay people. Wow. Or any out gay people. For sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Interesting. That is so cool. And obviously then, did you do theater in college? Mm-hmm. So were yeah. there any gay people at this Christian universe? It was Vanguard, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all came out right after graduation. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Like we could have been going out to Long Island night. All these I years. know I've had I've had this conversation many a times, not only with people in my department, but like just people in the college in general. It's like, do you know how many people have come out since like we've graduated college? It's like it's probably like one in three people, and I'm like, my God, we all could have been having a great time. I know. Okay, so this actually ties back into the question I cut myself off from asking before the Ring of Keys moment. So we were kind of talking about like gay roles, gay callbacks, and things like that. When did mm-hmm. you gay callbacks? Gay callbacks. <laughs> Isn't a callback inherently yeah. gay? <laughs> Everything's pretty gay if you if you think about it long enough. When did you get the call for Dash and Lily? And did did it appeal to you because it was a queer role? I so Joe Trace, who wrote Dash and Lily, also wrote Be More Chill. Oh, and right. so okay. yeah, so nepotism is is why I got this. That's what I'm saying. And um, he uh, Joe came up to me. It was. During the Broadway run, I think I was in a rehearsal. He came up to me and he said, "Hey, I'm, and he said, I'm writing a, a new Netflix show, and there's a there's this character. He's like the older brother of the main character, and he's gay and he's half Japanese." And I was like, "Well, hi." <laughs> <laughs> so it, that was that, and I didn't hear anything for a couple months, and then I just got an email from my agents, and it was like, "For the it's an untitled Netflix show, but like based on reading the character description, I was like, oh, this is it." And I read it and it was just like, this is me. And later Joe had disclosed, he was like, yeah, I wrote it with you in mind. And I was like, oh, thanks. You're like, I own 51% of the royalties of this uh, character. Yeah. (laughs) And I think one of the great things about working with Joe and the rest of the team at Dash and Lily was they were very collaborative. And I remember having a conversation with Joe about like, about how Langston was going to be portrayed and my thoughts on how most queer people are portrayed in the media and I didn't want to like invalidate invalidate the sort of like um traumatized gay or the or the or the gay learning about their sexuality because I think that is valid and those stories need to be told but I think that right now there's so little queer representation and then when they are represented that is how they're told it's just like they're like these traumatized sex objects and I'm like it would be refreshing just to see a gay person who's just like a person who happens to be gay and so Joe was really receptive of that and we tried to like create Langston around that that's what made it really exciting for me love that that's really awesome to hear I loved Dash and Lily I watched it with my mother right around the holidays and it was so good it was so wholesome but I, I don't know it was just such a I love New York around the holidays too. Mm-hmm. So it was just really amazing to see. And I love that your character was like, always like in robes and like yeah. around that fabulous apartment, <laughs> just like, you know, giving the advice. And I loved the relationship between him and his sister mm-hmm. and his boyfriend was so cute. Diego. And he's like the sweetest, nicest person. 
Oh my God. Yeah. It was great. I remember our first read through, we read through all the episodes and I went up to Joe afterwards and I was like, Langston never leaves his room. And he was- Wait, did did you ever? I did once at the end. And, but like, he, he even looked at me and he was like, Oh, he doesn't. It's like, yeah, he's like always in his room. And so because of that, um, I was like, I have ideas about what his room would look like. Because if he's not leaving his room, he needs to have every amenity in his room. And then also I was like, I think that Langston would only wear robes, (laughs) like blankets and robes. And so that's, that's, that's kind of, I, I had a little hand in like the, the costuming for Langston. Oh my God. You're right. There were blankets too. Yeah. I'd have a logistic question. When did y'all film? We filmed in the, in the like late fall, winter of 2019. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. 2019. Okay. Will there be a season two? No. It's just a one, one and done. It's just a one and done. There are more books. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, it's just a, it, as far as I know, it's just a one and done. I respect the idea of a, of a, of a concept-based series following through on this concept, right? Like they meet the strand, the writing notes to each other, Christmas time, New York. It was a complete story and they're going to end it while it is told mm-hmm. com- to completion. You know, I love that. I think some most times everything goes on way too long. It, it can like leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, and I think it's because, I don't know, maybe it's like a capitalism thing. Like every single TV show that's made, they're like, but how can we continue it? And I think like more and more, HBO is doing a good job of this, of creating all their limited series where they're like, no, this is just a thing and it's over, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I think limited limited series are slowly becoming a thing um, because, you know, we've seen way too many times where they're like, we're adding four more, you know, Bridgerton's going to add eight more seasons. We're like, sure. And you know, what's crazy about that is Netflix usually only does like three or four seasons for a show. So I... And I think everyone's going to lose interest after a couple of years anyway. So for them to be like, no, we have all these. I mean, I loved Bridgerton, but yeah. I don't really see it going for 10 years. I, maybe I'm a hater, but I don't know. I'm not well, a hater. I I it'll Bridgerton. be interesting. I think that they're going to take it in different directions with the cute older well, brother. Because like, they're based off of books and like the main characters are going to be different every season. It's not mm-hmm. like they're the main characters the whole time. Yeah. So it's also, it's also Shonda. She can do whatever she wants. Shonda can do she can. anything. Actually, you know what? How to Get Away with Murder did reinvent itself over and over again while always still tying back to the original murder. Mm -hmm. And I think that did succeed in terms of like a show that's like about what it was about, but it kept going and they really kept it. That first season of How to Get Away with Murder was... was... Oh, yeah. I want a t-shirt that says, um, that says, why is your penis on a dead girl's phone? Oh my, a legendary (laughs) moment. That show is amazing. I remember also Jack Fallahy, who played the Connor role, which was always semi-triggering for me because my name was famously Connor. And still is. It still is. But I remember like maybe the first episode, he's like hooking up with like a tech guy or something, but it wasn't Conrad Rick Mora. It was like someone else. It was maybe someone it was, like, else. the third episode. Yeah. Oh. He had like all these tattoos. Oh my God. It was so titillating for the 10 PM slot on ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Fallahy, just how ambiguous he was about his sexuality. And everyone was like, are you gay? He's like, I don't know. And now you he's know? married to a like, woman. And now he's straight. Like, <laughs> just say it. Like, I know. Oh my God. Wait, you were on Tell Me a Story. Okay, so like, because <laughs> <laughs> I watched, I watched all of it. Troy, Did you see I've me? Seen every episode. I don't know that I knew who you were when I watched. Yeah, I was literally a tech with like one line. Who were you in a scene with? Was it season one or two? I think it was season one, and I honestly don't okay. remember. I recognize the actor. Do you guys watch One Day at a Time? 
No, no. but that's that beloved series that's been like shuffled from network to network, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The dad, like the family's dad, he's like in the show. I don't remember. I literally, it was like, you know, co-star roles are so weird. You like go in and you say one line and then they're like, you have it and you just show up and then the line's different and they're just like, just like don't mess up and then go home. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, they just like sat me in a chair and they were like, just pretend to type. And then, you know, they're going to come in and then just like ask you to do things and just move the mouse around and then say, got it. And I was like, okay. And then, and then I, I was in and out in like three hours and then maybe I'm on TV, you know? I think I'm the only person that like actually watched every episode of that show and has lived to tell the tale. Cause I, I don't know if anyone's ever spoken you're about out it there, to please let us know. Yeah. It's a cool concept for a show. It's just a crime show. It that's is. all based off of like, uh, like the, uh, grim, the fairy tales, right? The brothers Grimm. Yeah. yeah. It had a killer yeah. cast. I mean, Kim Cattrall was in it and, um, Stefan from vampire diaries and, Dave, Davey Santos, one of the one of the Power Rangers, was in it. Oh, yes, it was so. It had a great cast, and then season two had Garcelle from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm. They really went for it. Okay, anyway, I am fully rambling. I have no idea if any of that's going to make the episode <laughs> because I feel like people are going to be like, Connor, what are you saying? You're insulting the entire cast. Feel and crew. so comfortable with Troy that we're just letting it all hang out, and there's going to be a lot yeah. of edits to this. I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lunatic. Um, which I am one. But anyway, mm-hmm. before we say goodbye, we like to end on a dose of drama, something to rant about, rave about, su- recommend to people, something you've been thinking about in the world, pop culture, politics, anything. And I do have something that I'm th- I've am i been thinking about for a couple weeks now. Speaking of Netflix series, Ms. Catherine Heigl is on a show called Firefly Lane, which I haven't watched, but I mm-hmm. did hear her give an interview about it. And she revealed in it that she lives in Utah. And I thought to myself, all right, we have a new Real Housewife of Salt Lake City. <laughs> I think, it, you know, in, in the spirit of like, of um, uh, Denise Richards on Beverly Hills, in the spirit of Kim Richards <laughs> on Housewives of Atlanta, I think Katherine Heigl is at a place in her career where she she could do Real Housewives. And then we would really get to know, you know, the real truth behind what what happened with her and Shonda. I mean, they could wait a couple seasons. They have a pretty good cast right now. Mm-hmm. But Katie Katie Heigl, as her friends call her, um, I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. I think that's a lucrative fantasy for for all for all Hollywood actors is to eventually become. I wonder if we'll ever have um house husbands just in our in our lifetime. I think we should. You know what would be great? And I'm surprised Bravo hasn't done this or if they have, someone correct me if I'm wrong. A show that takes place in on Fire Island. With wait, days. no, they did. It was it was on Logo, wasn't it? Yes. Wait, didn't like Kelly Ripa? I don't know. It was it? like the Gay Bachelor, and then everyone was talking about it and was like, "This is exactly what we thought it was going to be," and I'm like, "Not here for it," because <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially just like a group of like hot dudes on Fire Island all having sex with each other. You're right. So it probably couldn't air like basic cable. Yeah, because it would be too explicit. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. Bravo has like Summer House, which is a great show about like, you know, 20 somethings in New York who work hard during the week and go harder on the weekends in the Hamptons. (laughs) But (laughs) to give like a brief plot summary, but a Fire Island concept could be great because it's like, how are we going to 
what weekends will we book our shares for? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, what are we going to be doing? Like, are we going to go over to Cherry Grove? It, yeah. There's like a whole thing where are we going to miss the ferry? I feel like there is so much built-in drama without even cast members that it would just, yeah. it would be a compelling There's show. a lot of relatable content that only people at a certain tax bracket can relate to. And I think that is something that we really need. Absolutely. That is true. It's it's that yeah. idea of like, um, of of like <laughs> wishing for something. It's why we're, it's why we watch The Housewives and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. My dose of drama is that my dog Gigi went insane for the last five minutes and I missed that whole dose of drama conversation because she's been talking, <laughs> um, but I'm petting her now and all is well. Um, I also have a dose of drama that I've never been to Fire Island. And I haven't either. Yeah. And I, I can pretend that I know Same. these things. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, well, then we're we're the perfect panel to talk about Fire Island. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> wait, wouldn't it be okay? Wait, new concept for the show: put people who have never been to Fire Island in there in and fi- see how they go in the Fire mix. Island. In Fire Island, <laughs> not on I it. Always in it. a volcano it. there, y'all. Is there one? There's eruptions. Okay, there, we're probably cutting that. <laughs> Troy, do you have a dose of drum? I was trying to think of one, and this is a very short rant. It's like a sentence long, but like. Um, I, I, I would say that a good 70% of the auditions that I get have a character named Claudia in it. And I don't really know what to do about that. I don't personally know anyone named Claudia. I not, I don't have anything against anyone named Claudia. I don't I think it's the name, but I'm just fascinated why Hollywood feels the need for many Claudias to exist. Um, Cause when I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't know, whenever I think of like elite, like, like who, a character that you will see on TV, I don't think like here, oh, and here comes Claudia, you know, Never. I usually think, I usually think that's Claudia. The only Claudia I know is Abuela Claudia from In the Heights. <laughs> okay. Now she's a star. <laughs> All of your listeners named Claudia are going to be, are going to cancel me. I wonder if there's any out there. This one's for you. Claudia Conway. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's an interesting name because it's like both powerful yet forgetful. It depends on which yeah. way you go with it. I don't think I even went to school with any Claudias. I don't know any Claudias. Or Claude, for that matter. That That's drama. That's real drama. Why are there so many imaginary Claudias and why aren't there any <laughs> real ones? There's a greater power at work here who's trying to make this happen. So mm-hmm. we need to be, we need to stay vigilant. <laughs> There is someone out there who thinks that Claudia is the most beautiful name in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and we need to protect them at all costs. Oh my God, Troy. Well, listen, we're not done with you yet, but on this this episode here, we're going to have to say goodbye. Everyone needs to watch Dash and Lily on Netflix because you will see Troy in all his wonderful- Robed glory. Robed and blanketed glory. Pull your Christmas tree back out and watch it. Yes, it is. You're going to feel so right. warm and snuggly. It's it's amazing. And I hope we see more of you on our TV screens soon, Troy. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> and of course, everyone should follow you at Mr. Troy Iwata on Instagram. Yeah, I post sometimes. Yes. And of course, follow us at The Drama Podcast and me at Dylan McDowell and Connor at Connor McDowell. What am I missing, Connor? Well, listeners, you're going to want to, when you're done listening to this, switch over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash The Drama Podcast because we're going to do a rapid fire Q&A with Mr. Troy himself. With questions submitted by the listeners. Yes, and some that we made up ourselves. But Troy, thank you so much. We've loved having you on this loose, loosey-goosey pod today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time at 10 a.m. Oh, yeah. All right, Connor, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Drama! Drama.